Hello and welcome to another episode of Every Filipino Podcast. Again, I am your host, Claire. Today's topic is all about DRRM or Disaster Risk Reduction and Management. The policy objective of anticipating and reducing risk is called Disaster Risk Reduction or DRRR. Although often used interchangeably with DRRR, Disaster Risk Management or DRM can be thought of as the implementation of DRRR since it describes the actions that aim to achieve the objective of reducing risk. Disaster risk is an indicator of poor development, so reducing disaster risk requires integrating DRRR policy and DRM practice into sustainable development goals. So, what is disaster risk reduction? Historically, dealing with disasters focused on emergency response, but towards the end of 20th century, it was increasingly recognized that disasters are not only natural, even if the associated hazard is, and that is only by reducing and managing conditions of hazard, exposure, and vulnerability that we can prevent losses and alleviate the impacts of disasters. Since we cannot reduce the severity of natural hazards, the main opportunity for reducing risk lies in reducing vulnerability and exposure. Reducing these two components of risk requires identifying and reducing the underlying drivers of risk, which are particularly related to poor economic and urban development choices and practice, degradation of the environment, poverty and inequality, and climate change, which create and excavate conditions of hazard, exposure, and vulnerability. Addressing these underlying risk drivers will reduce disaster risk, lessen the impacts of climate change, and consequently, maintain the sustainability of development. We need to manage risk, not just disasters. Disaster risk reduction is a part of sustainable development, so it must involve every part of society, government, non-governmental organizations, and the professional and private sector. It therefore requires a people-centered and multi-sector approach, building resilience to multiple, cascading, and interacting hazards, and creating a culture of prevention and resilience. Consequently, disaster risk management includes strategies designed to first, avoid the construction of new risks. Second, address pre-existing risk. And third, share and spread risk to prevent disaster losses being absorbed by the other development outcomes and creating additional poverty. Although disaster risk management includes disaster preparedness and response activities, it is about much more than managing disasters. Successful disaster risk reduction results from the combination of a top-down institutional changes and strategies with bottom-up local and community-based approaches. Disaster risk management program should not be standalone but instead be integrated within development planning and practice. Since disasters are an indicator of failed or skewed development of unsustainable economic and social processes and of ill-adapted societies, approaches need to address the different layers of risk from intensive to extensive risk, underlying risk drivers, as well as be tailored to local content. There is no one-size-fits-all approach to disaster risk management, but there exists a number of approaches and frameworks which have been effectively implemented to reduce disaster risk. But before being able to reduce risk, we need to understand the hazards and the exposure and vulnerability of people and assets to those hazards.
How do we reduce stress? Disaster risk management involves activities related to prevention, mitigation, transfer, and preparedness. So let us first go to prevention. Activities and measures to avoid existing and new disaster risks often less costly than disaster relief and response. For instance, relocating exposed people and assets away from a hazard area, so that is for prevention. Next is mitigation. The lessening or limiting of the adverse impact of hazards and related disasters. For instance, constructing flood defenses, planting trees to stabilize slopes, and implementing strict land use and building construction codes. Next is transfer. It is the process of formally or informally shifting the financial consequences of particular risk from one party to another, whereby a household, community, enterprise, or state authority will obtain resources from the other party after a disaster occurs in exchange for ongoing or compensatory social or financial benefits provided to that other party. For instance, insurance. Next is preparedness. The knowledge of capacities of governments, professional response and recovery organizations, communities and individuals to effectively anticipate, respond to, and recover from the impacts of likely imminent or current hazard events or conditions. For instance, installing new warning systems, identifying evacuation routes, and preparing emergency supplies. So, implementation of these activities and measures is rarely done in isolation and includes a number of associated activities, including identification and measuring disaster risk, education and knowledge development, informing people about their risk, awareness raising, Incorporating disaster risk management into national planning and investment. Next is in strengthening institutional and legislative arrangements, providing financial protection for other uh, people and business at risk, finance and contingency planning, integrating disaster risk reduction across multiple sectors including health, environment, and etc. Activities for reducing risk can be described as structural. For instance, land use planning and implementation of building codes, and non-structural, for instance, awareness raising, policy making, and legislation. How governments, civil society, and other actors organize disaster risk management, for example, through institutional arrangements, legislation, and decentralization and mechanism for participation and accountability is termed risk governance. There is clear evidence to suggest that low-income countries with weak governance are more vulnerable and less resilient to disaster risk. Fundamentally, disaster risk reduction succeeds in reducing risk by building the strengths, attributes, and resources available within a community, society, or organization, collectively known as their capacity. Disaster risk management activities are designed to increase the resilience of people, communities, society, and systems to resist absorb, accommodate, and, and to recover from and improve well-being in the face of multiple hazards. Activities for reducing and managing risk can therefore provide a way for building resilience to other risks. In addition to development, disaster risk management should therefore be integrated across a number of sectors including climate change and conflict. So now, let us go to identifying and understanding risk, the foundation of risk reduction. 
Awareness, identification, understanding, and measurement of disaster risk are all clearly fundamental underpinnings of disaster risk management. Disaster risk reduction is about decisions and choices, including a lack of so risk information has a role in key areas of decision-making. So, risk identification. So, what is risk identification? Because the damages and losses caused by historical disasters are often not widely known and because the potential damages and losses that could arise from future disasters may not be known at all, disaster risk management is given a low priority. Appropriate communication of robust risk information at the right time can raise awareness and trigger action. Next is risk reduction. Hazard and risk information may be used to inform a broad range of activities to reduce risk. From improving building codes and designing risk reduction measures such as flood and storm surge protection to carrying out macro-level assessments of the risk to different types of buildings for prioritizing investment in reconstruction and retrofitting, for example. And next is preparedness. An understanding of the geographic area affected along with the intensity and frequency of different hazard events is critical for planning evacuation routes, creating shelters, and running preparedness drills. Providing a measure of the impact of different hazard events, potential number of damaged buildings, fatalities, and injuries, secondary hazards makes it possible to establish detailed and realistic plans for better response to disasters, which can ultimately reduce the severity of adverse natural events. So that's it for today's episode. See you next episode. Bye!